Welcome to MTG Ectoplasm, your home for spirit travel and magic the gathering. On this episode, I have a very special guest. We're going to be talking about the Pioneer Challenger decks and foiling out your spirit decks. I hope you're excited because I know I am. Let's get this thing started, shall we? Let's go. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for joining me on this episode. I am your host, White, a.k.a. DeBlanco, a medium that wears an extra, extra large. You can reach out to me on Twitter at MTG Ectoplasm, or you can email me directly at uh, MTG Ectoplasm at gmail.com. Let me know how am I doing. Am I doing a good job, a bad job, or I shouldn't quit my day job? And do me a favor, ladies and gentlemen, wherever you are streaming this podcast all right hit that follow like subscribe button i'm not charging you a dime a nickel a peso an inti a ruble uh, a, a euro not even canadian dollars i'm not charging you nothing just do me a favor hit that bad boy for me so when i put the latest episode out there you can get it right away and yeah tell your friends and family about me you don't i guarantee they'll end up liking spirits and the tribe and maybe me too. Maybe. Just maybe. So with this being said, ladies and gentlemen, now that the pleasantries are over and said and done with, I want to thank you, the listenership around this world, the thousands and thousands of you reaching out to me daily, weekly, saying thank you, Dwight. Keep it up. We'd like to see more. We want you to see it, it make you expand. Please do what you got to do. Share the love of tribe. But today, today, ladies and gentlemen, I have been blessed. I've been fortunate to have a special guest. Now, this guest, okay, is the administrator for the Facebook Spirit Modern and Pioneer fan page. Let me introduce to you, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, man, I missed something. Uh, Let me introduce to you my friend, Brian Tangen. Welcome to the show, Brian. Thank you for having me. Great to be here. You're always good to help get knowledge out to support the Spirits Tribe. Oh, thank you, bro. Like one thing I loved is that uh, when I first, you know, I got introduced with the Spirits back in 2012, and then when Selfless Spirit got introduced in M19, you know, you always look to say, where can I get information to better my knowledge, better my skills, and who shares my love? And interesting enough, you know, years go by and I stumbled upon your webpage and I'm like, wow, there's some good people out here and very knowledgeable, very understanding and a very uh, great community that doesn't really shun really stupid thoughts and ideas. And <laughs> I only say that reason why, because I'm not the sharpest on the shed. But, you, you know, let me just say, you, tell you, your community on that Facebook page is a wonderful community. Why, thank you so much. We do, we aim to be inclusive and we like to, uh, to foster discussion and basically just like trying to plan out decks, trying to strategize, anything we can do to get more and more people interested and active on the page and interested in the deck. All right. Well, Brian, let me, you know, let me, I asked this about, everyone who comes on the show you know they're new to you 
maybe they're not. Um, tell the listening audience a little bit about yourself. Uh, yeah, my name is uh, Brian Tangan. I'm a professional uh, radio worker here up here in the snowy northern wastes of Canada. So uh, I spend a lot of time just uh, editing audio, playing uh, Magic the Gathering on uh, our team. Uh, we have a team called Untapped Potential that we have up here, and we generally try and go around and uh, mostly we're a, a, a drinking team with a Magic the Gathering problem. But, I love uh, that. That's our struggle. Hello? I, I said I love that. I love the drinking uh, problem with the, the, the joy of playing Magic the Gathering. That's right. Now, how long have you been playing Magic? Uh, so I started playing very casually in like late 1995 when Ice Age was the newest set. And I played until around uh, 1998 when Stronghold, Exodus, Unglued were the newest sets. Okay. Then I stopped playing until Duels, Duels of the Planeswalkers came out. I got that on Steam and was like, ah, I remember Magic. That game was really <laughs> fun. And then that uh, those games kept coming out and I started playing, uh, started buying Paper Magic packs back in 2012 or so and started playing Casual Tabletop again with my brother. And then I got into Standard right around Innistrad, the original Innistrad, okay. and started building a collection and slowly expanding into Eternal formats from there. So you must be excited now that the new Innistrad, uh, which is the Midnight Hunt and the Crimson Vow is coming around the corner now. Yeah, it's good. To, it's good to have a nice return to Innistrad. It looks like a return to the original Innistrad formula as well, because I enjoyed the shadows over Innistrad, like the body horror, Bloodborne style stuff. But I think a return to like gothic movie horror is uh, plays to plays to Innistrad's strengths a little bit more. So no, we'll I'm, see how it shakes out, though. I, I'm a huge fan of these horror theme. I can't wait for the when Crimson Vow comes out, so I can do the double feature. I don't know if you heard about that. It's where they bring both sets together, and inside the packs are going to have uh, creatures from horror movies. So I'm excited about that. Yeah, the double feature is coming out as a draft set in the new year, as I recall, and yep. that looks very interesting. Yeah, I'm excited about that. Uh, any other card? Uh, any other games that you were interested in playing? Uh, I don't play any card games at all, but uh, other games in general. I'm a big board game fan. I like Talisman and Arkham Horror for those. Other than that, I have a, like a PC and a PS4 and a Switch, so I'm a big fan of Obsidian and Black Isle games in my Steam library. It's mostly Fallouts, Baldur's Gates, Pillars of Eternity, Disco Elysium, etc. Uh, for consoles, I'm mostly on like JRPGs, Metroidvanias, and uh, SRPGs. Wow. Wow. You're, you got an extensive gameplay. Jack of all trades, master of fun. <laughs> I love that. Uh, now, you sat there and said you came back into Innistrad. You know, you left uh, during Ice Age and came back during uh, Innistrad. What, mm. made, what made you get into Spirit? Um, well, as I was, uh, like, accruing my collection after coming in, I started picking up the original Innistrad cards, and um, Dark Ascension came out, and that had Drogskull Captain, the uh, the first in original Spirit Lord. Yep. And I was like, this is a cool archetype in draft. I'll pick up a couple of these cards. Uh, my original Innistrad deck, right when I got back into Standard, was, like, all flashbacks, so I picked up cheap Snapcaster Mages and went for it. Um, a couple friends on our local team were like, let's, let's try getting into Modern, and I started off playing Modern Infect and then Bogles. And then one day I was watching some random stream where somebody was playing a very early version of Azoria Spirits. 
with like four vile, four thalia, four cavern, four phantasmal image, mm-hmm. uh, because they only had one play set of lords. Right. That was back when uh, Nico Ona from the original Kamigawa block was relevant sideboard tech. Right. So I thought it looked really interesting, and it was a deck that was out of my usual wheelhouse. So I picked up the cards and started uh, bringing it to like the local weeklies and kind of grinding it out and realized it turns out I've been a tempo player this whole time. Who would have known, right? Like it's, I think it takes time for you to, takes time for individuals to really learn who they are as an individual when it comes to gameplay. Cause what I love about magic in general is there's so many different modes of victory that you just got to figure out who you are as an individual and then specify yourself in getting there and you know i hate to say i'll use my wife for an example you know as soon as we start we get an associate's degree and as soon as we go further and further it's up to us to get our master's and our doctorate so mm-hmm. for, for the way i'm looking at currently uh i want to be a uh, master but i'm not at my doctorate level yet i'm at my master's level eventually i will get to my doctorate i you know i will do my dissertations this is my the podcast is the beginning the process of toward my doctorate so my thing is i I, how do you feel would you would you say you were about that same level yeah there's always room for improvement uh unless of course speaking of doctorate unless you're dr queller in which case you're already (laughs) the master oh that that young man oh he's so good he's that young man is winning with Bant and Azorius left and right. Uh, he's taking names, kicking ass. It's amazing. And, and speaking of uh, Azorius and Bant, you know, one thing I love about spirits, it has different flavors. Let me ask you, what is your flavor? Uh, so between Azorius and Bant, I am a dyed-in-the-wool Bant spirit supporter in okay. modern, pioneer, historic, any format. I'm in for Bant spirits. Although I am willing to grudgingly admit that Azorius is probably the better version in Pioneer right now. Mm-hmm. They can take my collected companies from my cold, dead hands. <laughs> uh, there, are, there are some debates uh, between Bant players on the correct split in Modern of Vile versus Collected Company. Okay. And I can definitively say that the full set of Collected Company is always the correct answer. I play Aether Vial grudgingly at a, as a three of, even though like I respect that it's extremely powerful, but it's also the card I like least in the deck. Uh, going back to Dr. Queller, I've seen that recently the Doctor has been experimenting in band with a playset of Utopia Sprawl yep. and zero Aether Vial. So I might look into that, although I'm not sure if I want to drop a hundo bucks on a playset of Foil Sprawls, though. Oh, yeah, that's that's why I'm hoping he, he doesn't like that and switches back. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I'm hoping for, because um, fortunately, my engineer to the show, who's a young lady who's sitting to my left, uh, mm-hmm. my wife, I don't know if she'll allow me to purchase those things, because God knows... I've purchased enough of spirits and she's now cracking the whip. Like, do you want a new computer? Do you want a stream or do you want magic cards? And I'm like, I want, I want both, both. Obviously. Yeah. I, I, of course you married me. Of course I want both. I'm selfish. I'm an only child. So you're a band guy. Okay. Let me yeah. humbly say I'm in a, I, I, I fell in with love with the Zorius cause I think it's easier. The, 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 uh, there's, I don't have to worry about mana fixing. It's just there's a lot more interaction instead of just vomiting creatures on the board. But I understand the desire to vomit because I played that, van, that Bant deck too. And I think just 
throwing creatures out there on your opponent's turn and catching them off guard is a wonderful thing to do. Well, sometimes you just in band slam the turn two Geist of Saint Craft, and you can just stare across the table at your control opponent, and they're like, "Oh no!" Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. I didn't, I didn't think of, you know, I don't really see too many uh, uh, Geist of Saint Traff really. Is that really played a lot in Pioneer? Because I don't, I really ever see it in Modern. Uh, I keep it as a two of in the Modern sideboard because it's not Pioneer legal oh, yet. Oh, okay, my bad. Um, I, my, my local meta has, has a lot of control in Tron and Geist is good against both of those archetypes specifically. Uh, Geist has fallen out of favor in straight blue white cause the earliest it can come down is turn three, right. uh, which makes it a significantly smaller clock. Uh, also, uh, Bant, you can drop it on turn two with the help of a noble Herak, which means mm-hmm. that it swings for seven, which shaves one turn off the clock generally. Wow. That's right. It just it, it does tech one. Oh wow! I always yeah. thought it. I thought the exalted didn't work on that because of the angel. Uh, no, the exalted trigger happens, and then the angel comes in after the exalted trigger already tapped in attacking. And since you do not declare it as an attacker, it does not get rid of the exalted trigger. Wow! People at LGSs around me have been cheating. That's all I'm going to tell you. There. I'm just calling it out now. Uh, now that I know the true ruling, and I should have asked for a judge's ruling before. Shame on those players who cheated me out of that extra point yeah but yeah a turn uh, a three turn clock that comes down on turn two is better than a four turn clock that comes down on turn three which is why guys sees plays in sees play in bant but not azorius that makes sense makes tons of sense i'll be honest with you i i the bant i'm like i love how bant plays but i'm still learning it i you know it's like one of those things like you know are you a stick shift or are you an automatic guy in a car you know i'm still learning yeah, slow and steady progress. There's there's a lot of questions, like on turn one with Bant, whether you lead with Aether Vile or Noble Hierarch, and it Ooh. depends on what your game plan is for turns two, three, and four. Oh, that, that, that is a good question. That, well, you, you actually have to see what's in your hand. I mean, exactly. You can, you, if, you wanna, if you need to represent like a turn two Spell Queller into turn three Collected Company, like you can still do the turn three Collected Company with uh, Aether Vile, but... Yeah, that's true. I, you know what? I, I love. See, I love these type of discussions. It's great. Uh, let me ask you real quick, because you are the administrator to the uh, Pioneer Modern uh, Spirit fan page. Uh, mm-hmm. What made you want to become that? Uh, well, I've been playing the deck for for a couple years, uh, long enough to be known as Band Spirits guy uh, in the at local events. Uh, the deck was picking up steam since uh, KCI was also gaining popularity and Spirits had an absolutely incredible KCI matchup. So another local player uh, who was a, an Azorius Spears player made a Facebook page for the archetype. And okay. he asked me if I would be interested in being an admin for the page. And I said, yeah, of course, I'd be happy to help. So it just started off as a little local thing. You know, I'd, I'd, pi- I'd piloted the deck to a bunch of good finishes at like 3Ks, 5Ks, Opens, and Grand Prix back when those existed. So it's won me a fair amount of money. And I also really enjoyed writing tournament reports. So they're like, all right, you're an admin now. And uh, also somehow there's like 3,000 members on the page. So good luck. And I guess that's what I do as a very part-time job now. Well, you know what? I appreciate what you do on there. You definitely keep uh, a lot of stuff up there on point. One thing I do love about the page is the fact that it's not, you know, it's the fact that this fan, fan group of spirits is truly international. I've been mm-hmm. able to re, uh, reach out to several players from 
uh, let's say, Brazil. I've been able to reach out to a young man named, he calls himself Shotgunion from Malaysia. Uh, You know, it's great to interact with people around the world with the love of spirits. And you know what? I, I just love the fact that there is a page like this where there is community like this. Now, let me ask you, is there anything that makes you really happy about the fan page or really frustrates you about it? Uh, well, I do I do love see, seeing people from all over the world joining in, learning about the archetype, how to play it in any format. I like answering questions. It's great to see people enjoying themselves. I love a good spirited discussion, as it were. Hey-oh. Thank nope. you, folks. I'll be here all day. <laughs> uh, that being said... I will ban the next person who makes a post asking if Bloodgast is playable in the archetype. It's not? Yeah. Ah, don't make me do it. <laughs> well, you know, there we have to wait and see. You never know with Watsy. They may end up might making a Black Spirits deck. We don't know. Like, uh, right now with, let's say, well, what's going on with uh, Midnight Hunt. Now, uh, a lot of people in the community are not happy with the way the spirits are. You know, the fact that uh, these are humans, they go to the graveyard and then you play disturbed or their disturbed cost and they come out of the graveyard to be spirits. To me, I think it's terribly fair flavor flavor of, I can't even say the word flavorful. Yeah. The flavor on it is great. I think it's a cool blue white archetype. I would love to see some rares and some cards that are just spirits the whole time. I know they've spoiled a couple yeah. of them, but I think it's like one of them is like a five mana three, three flash. That's yeah. a reprint from the earlier in set. But I, I think there's a lot of cards left to spoil. So we don't need to get too crazy just yet. Yeah. So, I mean, there's a lot of people right now dis- dis- uh, disenchanted about it. There was one card that had a huge discussion. I'm bringing it up right now on my computer. And I like the card Many people are poo-pooing the card, and that's faithful, faithful meddling. I don't know if you saw that card. Ah, uh, it, yeah, it's uh, faithless. The reverse copy of faithless looting. Correct. Um, I don't think it's spirits playable, but I think that card is extremely good. I th- I think it's worth giving it a try. I'm not saying it's a hundred percent playable. I'm saying let's give it a shot. What do we have to lose? I mean, the fact that fine, I. Gain two life. How's that a bad thing? I draw two cards. How's that a good, you know, a, a bad thing? And then, okay, fine. I can discard two cards. Well, there's times where we have cards in our hand that are just like, just imagine we have like, uh, it's what turn, let's say four or five. I have an ether vial and a spectral sealer that's just sitting there, not doing nothing. I'd rather get rid of those and get, you know, a, a skyclave apparition or a spell queller or even a rattle chains you know, in my hand, even a Lord in my hands. You know what I mean? So I'm just saying like, yeah, it's not the greatest card in the world, but there is opportunity here because one thing I think you and I would both agree on spirit sucks when it comes to card drawing. That that's the biggest weakness. And this is something spirits desperately needs is card drawing. Uh, yeah, card card advantage, or at least, or at the very least, virtual card advantage would be great for the deck. Um, I've got I've got some thoughts on some cards that that could work for that, but okay, uh, well, 
Collected Company is virtual card advantage because it's True. one card that puts two cards in, essentially. is mm -hmm. one of Also one of the good reasons to play Bant. You get the Horizon Lands out of the deal as well. Mm -hmm. uh, Spectral Sailor counts, but is also a huge Mana Sync. And Mana mm -hmm. Sinks are something that the deck also looks for a lot of the time, but we'll see how Disturbed works out as well because that could also be seen as a good Mana Sync coming from the yard in certain formats. Right, I agree. All right. Now that we... Uh... Got that said and done with, let's get to the meat and potatoes. What everybody, well, I, I found the first part interesting, but I know people are, we're talking about this Pioneer Challenge decks. Uh, I knew some of the community was a little upset, annoyed, and they're like, oh, great, my card value is going down. And this is my take, and I would love to hear your take afterwards, just because I, I'm in the minority here. Mm -hmm. my, this is my belief. Yes, this is a pioneer challenge deck, not modern. Most of these have been modern. This is a good thing because Watsi's trying to uh, continue the growth of Pioneer. Even through what we've seen with this pandemic, Pioneer has really not grown, has done nothing because it is truly a paper format. Now, by them bringing spirits into a challenger's deck they're seeing that there's strength in there and also if there's new players coming into pioneer guess what they're doing they're going into spirits so that means we're going to get new influx of players learning our tribe instead of picking up any other tribe that's out there and they're going to enjoy the tribe as much as we do yeah it may suck that our some of the card value may drop but i'd rather have more community than you know, losing, I'd say, what, $10 at most of our, 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 what our deck value is. Your thoughts? Uh, so my, my general outline of thoughts on the Pioneer Challenger 21 or 2021 Spirits deck, I think that all Pioneer Challenge decks so far as a concept are a great idea from Wizards. Uh, this is basically, as, as you stated, Wizards doing an interest check on Pioneer as a format in general, and I think it'll do a lot to reinvigorate interest for the format, especially in paper, because I know it's struggled a little bit there, you know, with COVID and then also the bannings in the format and not banning things for a while. Uh, my only issue with uh, the Spirits decklist is that I feel that it could be like a smidge stronger. Okay. Uh, two Wanderer, two Spell Queller, and one Selfless Spirit feels a little anemic along with temples in the mana base as well. That being said, uh, those are all easy upgrades, and the challenger decks aren't allowed to have unlimited value. So this is a very good foundation and framework for people who want to test out the deck to work on and expand from. And as for the people who think it's a bad thing for the community, I would say that I disagree completely. I think that decks like this are very good for the community. Anytime we can get more players, we absolutely should be should be doing that, and we should be as inviting as we can, get people in, get them playing, be nice to them, show them how they can improve the deck, show them fun corner plays and sequencing, and be inclusive. I mean, this is a children's card game, and if you're not having fun, you're playing the children's card game wrong. If people are concerned about the prices of spirit staples dropping with the release of the Challenger deck, just calm down. It's okay. It's only going to be a couple dollars at most. I have legacy decks in paper, and if Wizards abolished the reserve list tomorrow and cratered the price of my dual lands, I would be thrilled because it meant more people would be able to play Eternal Formats. Oh, well, my wife would disagree with you because if I die, guess what? All that money goes to her, and she'd be <laughs> like, hold on, there was this amount of money, and now it's worth this amount of money? She'd be like irate. 
Yeah, the fact that you can trade like uh, um, like a, a good dual land for a moderate used car right now is absurd to me. But yeah, it is. I, I I won't disagree with you. I uh, I ended up trading a Gaius Cradle, a, a mint uh, Gaius Cradle, and I forget what I got for it. I, like it was ridiculous. I I had to do renovations around my house. I was like, oh, here you go. This will help for the renovations of the house. It's like. Yeah, one cradle for one work. Here you go. Exactly. Well, it helped redo the bathroom, the tile in the bathroom, painting the bathroom. It was it was wonderful. I was like, I wonder what other cards I can get out. You know, what other cards I can sell to benefit this. I actually have a friend, Mike. He actually got. He just sold today the Blacker Lotus uh, from mm-hmm. uh, from the Unset. He just sold it today for five hundred bucks. I'm sitting here like, really. Okay. A yeah, blacker perfect. lotus for five hundred bucks. Okay. Who, who am I to you know besmirch anybody's yum? You know, it's like not going to yuck anybody's yum. Yeah, do what feels right, folks. Get in there. Exactly. You know, play the magic uh, stock market. You're more than welcome to. Just don't don't yell at me if your things go down. That's why I'm all about foiling my deck just for me. Ah, uh, yeah, foiling. Okay, well, uh, let's get, let's get to, to you know what since we you know let's discuss foiling since we you know I you know I humbly brought it up, your thoughts. Yeah, while while we're on the subject of things being expensive, right? <laughs> uh, so yeah, if people if people like foiling, I don't really have any strong feelings for or against foiling out a deck. I mean, I say if you like a deck and you want to foil it out, then I say go for it. My advice on this is, of course, to slowly accrue your foils. And if you're playing with a deck that is partially foiled out, make sure that the foils are not curled because at tournaments, you will get called out, especially at Comp REL, if, say, all your lands are foiled and curled and your opponent can cut to them. Wizards has been improving uh, foil, foil quality recently, and they've been dialing back on cards curling, so that's a plus. Uh, my modern band spirits list is 100% foiled out with some absolute heaters in the mix. You know, I've got the Judge Foil Noble Herox that I mentioned before. Very nice. I've got the Arena Promo Basics, which I'm a big fan of. Okay. Um, I've, I'm not quite rich enough for, like, the, the $500 Basics, but I'll, I'll take the Arena Foils. Plus, Don't I think be they cheap. look better personally. So. Don't be cheap. Come on, you can afford it. Yeah. I believe in you. I don't, I've got Russian Foil Spell Quellers, wow. so I'm a huge fan of those. Okay. See, yeah, I, WMCQ I, Geists, uh, the Eighth Edition Worship, Invocation, even Mind Sensors, uh, Retro Etch Foil Fetches, where I can get them. But I'm also a huge idiot with money, so spend your money however you want. Exactly. You know, yeah. who, who are we to judge? You know, go ahead, yeah. spend that money. I, I'm all for spending money. I mean, uh, uh, on the group, I forgot who posted like, who's into foiling decks? Is it a good thing or a bad thing? I'm like, do what you like. You know, it's like, you know. If you like shiny cards, go get the shinies. What I will tell you is that um, there are, you know, you know how they sell these uh, dry packets. I don't, mm-hmm. uh, you know, how they put like these dry packets for your uh, uh, electricals, electrical equipment and stuff like that. Like yeah, little just, silica gel packets. Yeah, you know, there's one. There, I think it's like thirty-five or forty-five percent. Mm-hmm. You could put your cards in a Tupperware and put that in there. It'll straighten them all out. People are uncomplete, completely unaware of that. That's what I did to my cards, my faults. They are straight as can be. You you can never know the difference. And I, you know, I'm rocking the uh, mod. Uh, was the masterpiece Aether Vials? I have all the expedition lands foiled out. I have them. 
all the you know all the cards that are extended art foil they're extended art foil i didn't you know the only difference is mine are all in english because i can't you know read another language and i I did think it was extremely funny to have the card with the most text and most confusing rules interactions in a foreign language exactly it's like well like no i'm sorry i have to have it in english i know a lot of people love their russian foils and their japanese was good for you I'm in America. I, I, you know, I speak Spanish and English, but I can mm-hmm. only read English. So, with that being said, guess what cards I'm going to get? Only English. Just saying. Yeah. Even though but I have two modes that are Italian, but that's a different story. Well, Italian Legends cards have always been cheaper than original Legends printing. So, if you need if you need to flex with your commander decks, that's the way to do it. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I've been trying to sell those for for like nine, ten hundred, like nine nine hundred bucks, and everyone's like, eh, no, three hundred. Mm-hmm. no they're moats i don't care if they're in italian uh but yeah my my ruling is spend your money however you want if foiling out your deck makes you happy then do what makes you happy as long as you're not like letting your family starve to buy as you mentioned masterpiece aether vials and if you are i implore you to eat the masterpiece aether vials no there's always ramen there's always <laughs> ramen there's a little about like 25 cent package of the ramen you can survive off of ramen and have you know high blood pressure but you can have those masterpiece ether vials just telling you ramen and multivitamins you heard it here first (laughs) no one thing that you mentioned mentioned during when we spoke is uh foil flexing now Mm -hmm. uh i don't know if anybody else has not heard the term you had to educate me before we started the show about foil flexing my thing is when you bring out your deck your foil deck and you have your competitor in front of you like let's say it's a a newbie or mm-hmm. a person that you've never played against before and you play that f- all foiled out deck i love looking at their eyes just because they're like oh wow my man foiled this out and number two he either foiled this deck out because he's really good or he's a moron <laughs> you know what i mean and most of the time it's like okay this guy must be a master because no no nobody would fall out a deck like this unless they were really good unless they're putting in a lot of reps with it right exactly you know what i mean it's just like i i remember going to a uh an event in philadelphia i i live i live in new jersey i'm an hour away from new york city an hour away from philly wonderful mm-hmm. three hours away from baltimore wonderful thing so i can go to all these major events and every time i sit down and i start playing my full spirits deck people are like oh wow that's that's money and the best part is they're more worried about the card value than me playing against them and that's how i can say i cheat certain victories because they're like more worried about the money than gameplay it can it can be yeah kind of a distraction which can be played to an advantage uh one of the one of the uh the first opens i played at uh with the deck i ended up paired against a guy who was on martyr proc like the mono white martyr of sands that was also okay. fully foiled out and the guy just just dismantled me just surgically took me apart right and at because i had never played against martyr proc before because it's like a tier 3.5 deck but right. this man was a master with it walked me through all the interactions chatted with chatted about me afterwards i was like man that's a really great looking deck 
I, and you're obviously really good with it. He's like, thank you. Yeah, I got I got like my first five pro points with this deck. And I was like, ah, oh, yeah, there it is. OK, <laughs> so it's it's nice to be in the presence of a master. And sometimes like a fully foiled out deck will, uh, you know, show that this person clearly has a lot of care and a lot of thought put into this deck. Right. Or if you're me, you, sometimes you're just some chud who's spent too much money sometimes. <laughs> I'm sorry to be laughing over here, but I think that's comical. It's great. It's like you're going for it, and you're like, yeah, this is, you know, uh, you know, a great deck, yada yada, and then you get taken out by a deck that's so, you know, tears so below you. You're like, damn it, I I forgot about that deck. Damn yeah, it. just forgotten. Entire- I had never played against that deck before in my life, and I've never played against it since. So I have <laughs> one shining beacon of memory of playing against it, and it's just getting worked. I hear you. Now, let, for those who are considering foiling out their decks, I have to ask you, what would be the first card you foil or try to get foiled, and what's the last card you would try to get foiled? Uh, so I would highly recommend, uh, if you're foiling any decks, foil out your lands first because they're the cards most likely to maintain value, and you can play them in multiple decks. Then I would look to uh, foil out cards that see play in multiple decks. So, you know, get your get your Aether Vials because you can play them in Spirits or Humans or Merfolk. And then you can do Collected Companies because those see play in stuff like uh, Jun Collected Company. You can play them in uh, Elves, etc. And then finally, grab cards that would only see play in Spirits and then only grab the printings that, that you like. Uh, the one of the upsides to Wizards unleashing several different types of boosters is that you know you can get regular, regular foil, extended art, extended art foil. You've got you've got options. Uh, right. I will say that I'm a huge fan of the art on the secret layer spell quellers. Those are very nice foils, also very reasonably priced at like fifteen dollars each. Uh, they're not quite good enough to replace my Russians original printing spell quellers, but. They are extremely, extremely pleasant to look at. They're, they're that inexpensive. Hmm. Yeah, they're not that expensive. Just 15 bucks each is what the prices I've been seeing for those foils. So before this podcast goes out, I'm going to probably have to purchase those. Uh, and then, you know, everybody else can purchase theirs. Because I'll be honest with you, uh, I was not, I mean, it looks good, but it doesn't, it doesn't seem like a spell queller. It just looks like a rag wrapped in chains with a lanterns. You know, it's like, yeah, it, it, looks, it could be spookier. I'll give it that. I mean, I thought it was cool and I like the fact that it's full art, but it left me wanting, you know what I mean? It was like, I wanted more. I get it. Yeah. Now for me, what I would recommend for people getting into uh spirits or deck, you know, cards to foil out first, I'll tell you hands down the number one card I would choose is Cavern of Souls. Oh, yeah, good call. Number one. Why? Because no matter what you say, if you say, I'm done with spirits, I'm going to go to a different tribe, that card will go with you in every other tribe deck that you ever will go to. No incest about about it. The last card, and it, it hurts me to say this, and I'm going to ask my wife, Lee, put your fingers in your ears. Think fish ears, because they can't hear underwater. And that's force of negation. Hands down, the last card you should get in foil because many times I've played against opponents. I've never, I mean, let's say I go to an LGS and it's a, like I have to play against five opponents out of those five opponents. Maybe twice. Have I put Ethervile in 
for two two separate opponents. The other three times, no. So me personally, I hate to say it, I, even though I think Force of Negation is a powerhouse card, I think it's a great card. It's a, It was a moral imperative that Wizards make it to solve issues with combo decks. It's definitely the last card I would recommend to anybody to get in foil. I agree with that. I think it's overpriced in foil as well right now, so. Well, don't say that to my wife. She's hearing you. You kidding me? It's like, it's like what going for like what two seventy five, three hundred right now. It's, that sounds about right. Yeah. Oof, thank God I got them at seventy dollars a pop. That's all I gotta say. If you must get them in foil, get the uh, retro foil etch or retro etched foils uh, in the uh, the the old frame because they're cheaper for some reason that I don't understand, and they look nicer. Okay, I I I do like the older frame. I, they, you know, I'm happy they're cheaper, but that is what it's it is. very confusing to me that they're cheaper. And I think that the retro etched uh, foil fetch lands look way better than the original ones. Amen. So. Amen. I hundred percent agree there. Now, let me ask you real quick. What would you like to see in Innistrad midnight hunt and crimson vow? Uh, I'm going to expand my answer into uh, Kamigawa Neon, Neon Dynasty as well on the horizon, if that's okay. Not a problem. I, I, not a problem. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm curious why. I'm gonna, I, you know, I'm just, I, I have an uh, idea, but I'm curious. Uh, the, the first Kamigawa block had a bunch of really interesting and unique abilityed spirits. Yep. Uh, so a return to Kamigawa would hopefully keep that alive. And then since it's kind of like a future set, we could get stuff like machine spirits and, you know, technologically advanced spirits and mm. you know, spirit artifact hybrids. So we've got some options and I think that those look very interesting as well as something to keep an eye out for in the future. Also the aesthetic of like the Kami and the spirits in, uh, the original Kamigawa were also really cool. They were extremely weird and esoteric art-wise. Yes, they were. <laughs> yeah. So that's that's why my answer is going to expand into that set as well on the, on the horizon there. Uh, so as far as Innistrad is concerned, they've already spoiled that blue-white is the spirit's color pair in Midnight Hunt, which no one is surprised by. Nope. Uh, the keyword for that as well is Disturb, which we talked about before, which lets you cast creatures with Disturb from your yard. And uh, usually there are humans on the front and spirits on the back. They've shown uncommon lieutenants for some of the other tribes in Innistrad already. Uh, zombies, vampires, and werewolves already have theirs. Uh, so I'm really hoping for, for a cool lieutenant in, uh, in Midnight Hunt. And I'm hoping that Devoted Graphkeeper isn't the signpost lieutenant card. Because while it's very cool, it doesn't uh, do a whole bunch for, from a competitive standpoint for me. But I think it's an extremely rad card. Um, and an interesting lieutenant effect would be great on a blue-white flyer of some sort. I'd love to see, uh, you know, an efficient creature, some efficient creatures as well, if those could get printed. Uh, Flavor-wise, we could see, like, from the lore, we could see a Thalia slash Geist of St. Trap combo card, and that could be, like, a Disturb, Rare, or Mythic to look out for. Uh, I'd like to see a card with Disturb that has, like, a Spirit Frontside as well, and then just comes back from the yard as an even more Haunted Spirit. Uh, maybe a Queller type effect that hits spells that cost five or more. Okay. Uh, honestly, the last time we were on Innistrad or Kamigawa, we had a bunch of spirits with extremely like unique effects, like I mentioned. Uh, Innistrad also gave us uh, Pioneer Sideboard Staple, Permeating Mass. Original uh, Kamigawa gave us Cura Great Glass Spinner. So the more unique effects we get, the more tools the Toolbox deck will have access to in the future. Uh, they've spoiled a Keswick Wolf Run creature in Werewolves. 
So I would love to see a reference to all of the the original land cycle that were rares in Innistrad come back as creatures. So they could get like a blue black zombie with Nefalia Drownyard's ability, a green white human with Gavany Township's ability, which mm-hmm. could be theoretically playable in Spirits because Spirits used to run one Gavany Township. Right. But ideally, we'd get something like a like a Haunter of the Moorland card, like a blue white flying spirit that just has the activated ability of Moorland Haunt on it. Mm. Ideally, it wouldn't tap for activation either because the werewolf one doesn't tap for activation. But I know I'm asking a lot with that. <laughs> no, you're asking. You're asking for something positive. I, I, I'm all for. No. Give me the hits here. No, I hear you. My my thing is that uh, I, I just discri- talked with Andre Segura. I don't think Thalia made it. I think she died in. Uh, when we went to uh, was a, a, I want to call it Eldrazi Moon, uh, Eldritch mm-hmm. Moon. Uh, I think she didn't make it, and she's kind of come back as a spirit. That's just my thoughts, and I hope I'm profit. I really do. Um, my thing is, unfortunately, I don't think this is the crim- the Crimson Vile set is where we're going to see the heavy hitter that we're looking for in spirits. I don't. I really think we're going to end up seeing that in Crimson Vow. The only reason why I think that is because they're coming up with that. Uh, the Spirit Squad Spirit. Commander deck. Exactly. When uh, comes out, yeah. So obviously they're going to try to hold that heavy hitter off somewhere and why not wait to put it in the Crimson Vow set and then boom, there it is. And all the Spirit Pilots community is just going to go, woo, it's finally here. We got a heavy hitter. Yay. You know. Yeah, well, my. Yeah, my hope for the uh, for the Thalia Geist to disturb card is because uh, in the lore over the last set, uh, Thalia received the invocation of Saint Traft. So even if they even if they started off as like the the Thalia's the Thalia's death card might come out in this set, so it'll show. So that's why it'll start off as like a Thalia effect on the front. I wouldn't say no to a flying spirit Thalia that had the Thalia effect on it as well. That Ooh. would be great. Yeah, but that would be like four mana. They're not, yeah. not going to let us get it at two or three. That that's way too powerful, too powerful. True. So let me ask you, if Watsy came up to you today and said, "Brian, listen, thank you for uh, doing this fan page. Thank you for being on MTG Ectoplasm. We we hear and see your love for the spirit community. We want you to design a spirit card. Design it for us. Here you go. What would it be? Oh." Uh- Here's the thing is I'm not a card designer. So anything I suggest would just be stuff like, what if we had a merfolk trickster or a silvergill adept or a surveillance effect, but it was a spirit and had flying? Or what if we had reflector mage or Thalia or mother of runes, but it was a spirit and had flying? Or what if we had a three mana Teferi, but it was a blue white flyer that was also a spirit? So my ideas are terrible. Don't listen to them. Uh, I wouldn't say no to a spirit that could sack to make spells uncounterable until end of turn. Uh, But that being said, I'll probably leave game design to the game designers and because I'm bad at it and I'll just iterate Aww. on deck lists and putting in reps and experimenting with 75s because that's what I'm good at. Okay. Well, I asked this of all my guests because I- I'm curious of what they say. I have two spirits in mind that I've created mm-hmm. in my head. I'm ready. Okay. The first one is a white, white, uh, it's a white spirit. It's a one, one for one white mana has mm-hmm. flying and it's called, uh, a quarters attendant. Mm-hmm. So it's a 1-1 one, one flyer, 1-1, one, one, and it does everything that uh, Ghost Quarter does, but on the body. I like it. That's very powerful. 
Because I personally think we are weak at that one mana spot, and I would like another one mana. Plus, then you could play Ghost Quarter and Quarter's Ghost, Mm -hmm. which would be a great name as well. All right, yeah, I can see that. Uh, Powerful Tron Hate. uh, Powerful Non-Basic Hate early. uh, Activated uh, mana for the activated ability, or just Tap Sack? It'd be just like uh, the Ghost Quarter. So I'm assuming it's like, what, two? Isn't it Ghost Quarter like two? Uh, Ghost Quarter's Tap Sack. Field of Ruin is two and Oh, then no, just be like Tap Sack. Okay. That's very strong. Okay. Then the next one I have is one blue mana, Flyer 1-1, and it has Peak. I don't know if you know what Peak is. Yeah. It comes into play, look at opponent's hand, draw, draw a card. Also extremely good. Uh, replaces itself, gives you information. I can see that. That would be very powerful as well. Uh, I think we might need... Uh, we, we could look for a hedge against uh, aggro decks is something that I wouldn't say no to. Okay. Now, for me, like, I, there's, I, I just love this deck, but there's something missing. And to me, it's the one mana spot. I also think we're missing another Lord. Uh, like, do you? What do you think is miss? Is there anything currently missing in the spirit deck, or am I wrong in thinking it? Uh, well, here's the thing: is the spirit deck can be put together like a multitude of different ways because it is a toolbox deck. Um, so you get stuff like Unsettled Mariner counts as a lieutenant effect. Uh, I would love it if we got a lieutenant effect that let us like draw a card on hit, or like even pay one mana to draw a card on combat damage to a player. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lore, another two mana lord, of course, would always be nice. Like a blue white two two with plus one plus one would be ideal, incredible. It would put us. It would put us at the merfolk twelve lord level. So, because like, it's uh, to me, it's unfair. Humans keeps on getting more and more merfolk. Merfolk keep on getting more and more. Goblins keep on getting more and more. Uh, we see with uh, champion of the perished zombies Man. are getting more and more. You know werewolves are getting more now the next hit crimson valve vampires are getting more like hello watsy don't forget about us you know don't you know don't get me wrong i don't mind the, the you know this disturbed ability but you know you know hook a brother up uh i do think we're due for like a thalia's lieutenant style ability on a spirit so let's see let's one see just, let's see what happens you know yeah i think we'll get there all right it would interact extremely well with Mausoleum Wanderer, giving it a permanent plus one, plus one counter, so. All right. Well, Brian, it, let me ask you, well, you know what? We're, in, we're at the end, at the end uh, here uh, before I go to my shout-out section. Is there anything that you want to share with the listening audience, you know, where they can get a hold of you, or is there a product or service that you want to uh, share with the audience? Uh, yeah, of course, if you want to get a hold of me, the uh, Modern Pioneer Spirits page on Facebook would the, uh, be the ideal place to do so. I don't really have any services or anything to promote other than, you know, if you're a fan of or if you're interested in playing Spirits in any eternal format, join us over at the Facebook page. Uh, we also talk about Historic and Legacy sometimes, too. Basically, if it's a Spirits deck, we'll talk about it. We'll be cool about it. But since I have the option, I will soapbox here for a quick moment, and I will say... Uh, Always remember to support your friendly local game stores. The last year and change has sucked for everyone, including businesses that rely on getting people in the door to play games socially. So if you can do it safely in your part of the world, wherever you are, go out, buy a pack, buy some singles, get some sleeves, play in weekly events or drafts, because without friendly local game stores, 
We don't get paper tournaments. And the gathering part of Magic, the gathering, is a very important element of the game to me. Uh, that being said, if you get a chance, use your voice to complain to Wizards about the lack of organized play. Send them some angry tweets. Mention it whenever you fill out those surveys that they send out. Complain loudly and as often as you can that you want big events to play and to come back. Make pro play aspirational again. If your local stores start running big events, go to them both to support your local game stores and to show that people want organized play. They want to play the game. Other than that, remember that you're playing a children's card game, so try to have fun even when you are a victim of variance. Nobody likes a pillar of salt. Uh, Thanks again for having me on the podcast. Not a problem. So before I let you go, we're going to do the shout-out section. I don't know. You've heard of the shout-out section? Yes. Okay, where my goal is where I'm looking for the best of the crop, the cream of the crop. Oh, shoot. I just screwed it up. I'm looking for the best of the best, the cream of the crop, the creme de la creme. And uh, fortunately... Uh, there's a gentleman that we mentioned multiple times. He's on this list. Well, let's get this thing started, shall we? In Pioneer, August 30th, this individual mm-hmm. went 5-0 in a Banth build. And that's Venerable Lamassu. Congratulations. Mm-hmm. On September nice. 2nd, 5-0 with a Banth build. Cooley 2 in Pioneer. Banth is extremely popular right now. In Modern, this individual went uh, 5-0. Uh, August 30th it, with an Azorius build and that's Degby Gatine. Gabby Gartine. Look at that. Azorius. Look at that. You know, we got one there. Then August 30th still 5-0 with a band build. Take a guess, Brian. Take a guess who that oh, is. Is it is it the doctor? Yes, it is. Dr. Queller. Hey, the doctor's back. Go figure. And then September 3rd, 5-0, band build. Take another guess who that is. Is it also the doctor? The doctor, is, he's just taking names, just kicking ass. Congratulations, Dr. Crawler. Congratulations to all those individuals out there. Kicking, name, uh, kicking names, taking ass, however you want to say it. You guys are doing great out there. And ladies and gentlemen, if you didn't hear your name, don't worry about it. You're going to get here. I'm going to shout you out. I guarantee. I promise. You know, I told Brian, you know, he's been close. He's been getting those four ones, right? Oh, absolutely. And I've been telling him, like, listen, I'm going to shout you out eventually. Just, you know, just keep at it, and I'm going to shout you out. Well, go figure I had him on the show before shouting you out, but, you know, I'm going to shout you out again soon. So hopefully you'll get that 5-0 finish that we're all hoping that you'll get. That's right. We're grinding, folks. We're getting there. There you go. So, ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank you, the listening audience. I want to thank my uh, my special guest, the new my new friend of the show, uh Brian Tangent, the moderator for the Facebook, uh, uh, Jesus, the Pioneer and Modern uh, fan page. I want to thank you, sir, for being on. I humbly appreciate it. Oh, happy to be here. Thanks for having me. And I want to thank the thousands and thousands of you listening around the world. Remember, wherever you're streaming the service, streaming this, please hit that follow, like, subscribe button. I I appreciate it. So the next time you're kicking your opponent's ass, ladies and gentlemen. Make sure they say, that's Boo Sheet. See you guys next time. Goodbye. Bye.